The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. So Daniel kind of began to introduce the stories that we're going to start to tell over the next weeks. But I think if you grew up on Bible stories like Moses parting the Red Sea or David killing Goliath or Gideon is 300 men, you know, conquering the Midianites. Uh, it might be that as we've grown older that we tend to just see them as that, stories, and not real things that have happened. And, and one of the things we really hope um, as we work through these stories, uh, just incredible testimonies of individuals that God worked in that we remember, they're not like Wonder Woman and Wolverine, okay? Those aren't real people, just to let you know. Um, these are real people that existed in history, and they're real people like us, just like we talked about Elijah. You know, it actually says in James, he was just like us, <laughs> Uh, imperfect. These people didn't have all their acts together. So we can come and we can look at their stories and how they encountered God or God encountered them and our lives can become, like Daniel says, stories of God working in us, just how he worked in them. So let's read Genesis 16 here as we encounter our first individual, Hagar. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, and you notice it's Sarai and Abram. This is before there's Sarah and Abraham. So it's Sarai and Abram's wife had borne him no children. But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abraham agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abraham had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be with his wife. Uh, it's one of the things I love about the Bible. It's real, huh? <laughs> you say, man, that shouldn't be in the Bible. Well, it is. Um, And so Abram slept with Hagar, Sarai's slave, and she conceived. Now when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress, Sarai. So Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. And I've never understood why she thought he was wrong, but anyway. She said, I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. She's angry. Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. And so Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. The angel of the Lord, and if you're not familiar, anytime it says the angel of the Lord, it's a reference to Jesus appearing in the Old Testament. I love it. And it's many, many times. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And 
the angel of the Lord said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? He knows the answers. He's just starting a conversation. I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. And then the angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. And then the angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and you will give birth to a son and you shall name him Ishmael. For the Lord has heard of your misery. That's key phrase there. The Lord has heard of your misery. Ishmael will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. So Hagar gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You see there, you get the angel of the Lord is now she's saying, is the Lord. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Bir Lahai Roy. It is still there between Kadesh and Barad. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. So let's pray. Father, please just open our, our eyes to see what you want us to see, our ears to hear what you want us to hear, and our hearts to respond to your word as you want us to respond individually. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm going to tell you a story. Um, I'm guessing that Hagar was like any other little girl growing up in Egypt. She liked to play with dolls. She liked to swim in the Nile River. She liked to dream that someday she would be the queen of Egypt, sitting on an ivory throne, watching her soldiers race off to battle in their golden chariots. I'm guessing that life was maybe easy for Hagar and her family. I mean, living by the Nile River uh, with its plush vegetation, it was the lifeline of Egypt. Growing up, she really didn't give any thought to the battles that Egypt was fighting all over the, the world around them. Uh, the battles against the Amalekites, the Jebusites, the Girgashites, the Canaanites, the Chocolateites. The, um, it seemed so far away. Uh, it was, it was, it was kind of like living in the United States, maybe. <laughs> the battles are there. They're not here. Uh, away from the comforts of Egypt with all of its plenty, no enemy in her lifetime had ever during her lifetime breached the borders of Egypt or brought war to her doorstep. Never once in her worst nightmares could Hagar ever imagined what would happen that fateful day. I think Hagar and her girlfriends were uh, kind of just having fun, you know, girl talk, talking about boys, talking about 
things that girls talk about, which I'm not familiar with. But um, playing alongside the Nile River, um, maybe unaware, they, they started to kind of wander farther and farther away from the banks of the Nile River, maybe a little too far, enjoying the quiet and the beauty of the, the lush vegetation. And then it was maybe like a split second. The serenity was shattered as Canaanite soldiers came out of the jungle and captured Hagar and her, and her, her girlfriends and, and took them away to their camp, bound them, gagged them, and brought them to their camp and kept them there until nightfall. After dark, Hagar and her friends were marched and marched and marched, a long march by these Canaanite soldiers all the way from Egypt back to the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Canaanite soldiers sold Hagar at a slave market. She became a slave. I mean, her life was shattered. She, she couldn't even wrap her mind around it, slave. I mean, it was just a couple of days before where she'd been free and, and with her friends and enjoying the, the beauty of Egypt and, and the love of her family. What had happened? I mean, her mind is racing. What had happened? Why had it happened to her? What had the gods of Egypt, what, how had she offended them? And, and, and where were they now? as she was in the land of Canaan, a slave. Hagar was sold to Abram, uh, who purchased, get that word, purchased, (laughs) property, uh, purchased by Abraham to, to serve his wife, Sarai. You know, initially Sarai was kind to Hagar, um, but I don't want us to, it doesn't matter really how kind Sarai was to Hagar. I mean, she was a slave. <laughs> she was purchased, she was property in order to just serve the desires and wants of Sarai. She felt so alone, so forgotten. Uh, no one cared. For 10 years, Hagar was Sarai's slave tending to her every need. And then one day, maybe was it a glimpse of hope or was it just foolish thinking, she heard rumors that Sarai couldn't bear a child for her master, Abram. Um, And then one day, Amira, one of um, Hagar's friends, another slave, came running into Hagar's room where she was and said, you got to come right away. Sarai wants to talk to you. And so when the master calls, you run. And, and Hagar ran to Sarai's presence. Sarai spoke quickly. She spoke abruptly, forcing the words out of her mouth. You will become Abram's wife. You will bear Abraham a child. Hagar was speechless. She was immediately hurried to Abram's bed to consummate the union. It was all about producing a baby for Abraham, an heir. Should she have hope or or realize that she was still merely a slave? 
if she'd only known. She soon became pregnant. She bore a child for Abraham, but she couldn't help it. Every time she would walk past Sarai, it was like this smirk would appear on her face, knowing that that she had borne a baby for Abram that Sarai couldn't. Well, after a while, Sarai couldn't handle it. As Hagar, in the back of her mind, was thinking, wow, will Abraham really make me his wife? Will I become his favorite wife? Sarai was stewing. She couldn't handle it. She eventually went crazy. She went to Abraham, ranting and raving, and says, get her out of here. Get the slave out of here. And so Abraham did. He drove, um, or Sarai drove Hagar away. Again, alone, abandoned, rejected, forgotten. Hope crushed. I want us to to, to remember, this is a real story. This happened to a real person, Hagar. This isn't just Wonder Woman. A real story happened to a real little girl taken as a slave from Egypt and then again driven out of Abram's family by a jealous wife, Sarai. Abandoned, alone, forgotten. Have you ever felt that way? Um, rejected, maybe not to the extreme that, that Hagar experienced, but overlooked, maybe nobody cares, God doesn't care, feeling all alone. The question I want us to ask this morning as we're going to look into this passage is, what about when you feel forgotten? Or what about when you feel like you've been overlooked or ignored or nobody cares? Um, Or that God has forgotten you, or that God doesn't care about you anymore. I think what we're going to see from this passage as we look at just three things briefly is that when life leaves you reeling, when life leaves you reeling, two things God cares and God comes. And we'll see what, what we mean by that. But But if that's where you're at this morning, and if you're not at that this morning, you probably have been or you will be someday. It's going to happen. Remember, I want us to remember from Hagar's story that God cares and God comes. So if we can go to um, Genesis 16 here. If you're taking notes, we're going to see three things. The first one is just, it's when life has forgotten you. And if, if it seemed that life had forgotten anyone. It was Hagar. (laughs) It's Hagar. Life had forgotten. Talk about hopelessness. Snatched from her comfortable life in Egypt, a slave uh, for 10 years, uh, as as the passage says that Abraham had been in in, uh, Canaan for 10 years. I believe that Hagar was that slave of Sarai for those 10 years. Talk about hopelessness. Uh, Talk about being forgotten, a slave, property, away from her home, expecting never to experience true love, 
true family, true care again. I mean, if you had the opportunity like she did to become, to have this little bit of hope when she became pregnant, uh, I, I don't think we would have been any different than her, as it says here in verse 4, where she began to despise her mistress. You know, got a little cocky, thinking, I'm better than you are. It was her, it was just, for her, just that little glimpse of maybe hope in the midst of such a hopeless situation. But as she, if we can go to the next one, but as she did that, and then Sarah went crazy with jealousy and and anger, and then drove, uh, mistreated her, verse 6, mistreated Hagar. Hagar hadn't done anything, right? <laughs> Except what she told her to do. And she successfully did it, provided a, a son for Abram, and the result is mistreatment, and again, rejection, and abandonment. And so she fled from her. Um, the point when life has forgotten you is that life can be cruel. We all know that, right? But I want us to, to, to feel that, feel Hagar, remember when it's been that way to us or maybe that it's being that way to you right now because the, the next two points, we're not going to get them unless we really feel the weight of that life can be cruel. I mean, to be honest, with it, it's hard for me to even comprehend how at all how someone could possess someone else, how someone could enslave someone else like Hagar. But life can be cruel in so many ways, can't it? Leaving us alone, forgotten, lonely. Um, I felt this way. I haven't experienced anything at all like Hagar did, but I've experienced incredible loneliness, aloneness, even in the midst of a crowd, feeling like I am... (laughs) all alone. Have you ever felt that? Um, we can feel it when we're, I mean, school is one of the hardest places, easiest places to feel, right? Alone, as cliques are formed, as bullying happens. It, it happens in the workplace, gossip in the workplace, where co-workers can gather together and, and you become the brunt. I'm guessing it can happen at camp where you can be the odd person out. Don't let it happen. I'm serious. Where you overlook, where you talk about. But it happens. Life can be cruel. Not invited to a party that everybody else got invited to. Overlooked for a promotion. Always picked last. I was a small kid when I was in high school. I was always picked last. Rejected, forgotten. It kind of reminded me of the, uh, the little ditty that says, everybody hates me, nobody likes me, think I'll eat some worms. <laughs> um, that's kind of funny, but it's not really funny, is it? When we're the one feeling ignored, overlooked, and forgotten. When life has forgotten you, the incredible news is God hears. <laughs> God hears. Um, if we can go to the next, the next slide. I just love the very last phrase here. For the Lord has heard of your misery. Isn't that amazing? 
the Lord has heard of your misery. I mean, Hagar, a slave possessed by Abram and Sarah and then mistreated and, and, and driven away is in for an incredible surprise. I mean, think about her lot in life, absolutely no hope away from home that there's anyone who would care about her, anybody that would pay her any attention. Her life is like, what is left? And then the angel of the Lord, the Lord himself, appears to this abandoned, forgotten, rejected Egyptian slave because he's heard of her misery. Man, the point is, God hears and God cares. I mean, we have got to get that. If, if you are feeling forgotten, abandoned, that nobody cares, this passage has got to hit you square in the face. God cares. If he cared for an abandoned, forgotten Egyptian slave in the land of Canaan, I don't care how far away you are from him or who you are or what you have done, God cares. You get that? The Lord has heard of your misery, Hagar. Not the gods of Egypt. That's who she grew up offering sacrifices to. She didn't know anything about this God, the true God. But he knew her, and he cared for her. He asked her to do some hard things. I mean, look at verse 9. The Lord, go back to your mistress and submit to her. I mean, God caring doesn't mean we might not have to go through some hard things. Going back and submitting to the mistress that has treated her the way she's treated her. And yet the incredible, the incredible blessing of knowing that God cares. Verse 10, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. Isn't that amazing? The Lord telling that to Hagar, an Egyptian slave? the blessing that comes from submitting to the Lord and knowing that he cares. This is all throughout the scriptures. Listen, Exodus 2, 23 through 25, uh, when the children of Israel were in Egypt and they were enslaved, it says during that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning and we see it over and over and over. The book of Judges, it's like this cycle. The, the people of Israel, they sin and they do their own thing. They, that sin leads to slavery and what do they do? They cry out to the Lord and he hears their distress. He hears because he cares. Psalm 27.10, one of my favorite verses. And if you're, if you're someone who has experienced the abandonment of family, this is a great verse. Psalm 27.10, though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me, will receive me. Isn't that great? God cares. God hasn't forgotten are you feeling forgotten, alone, overlooked? God cares. But, the, but the, the third point is so important. Not only does God hear our misery he, and care, but he sees. If we can go to the next, 
he sees. This is great. Verse 13. Hagar gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. It's not just a God who hears and cares, but he's a God who comes near. He's a God who, and, 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 and the, isn't this incredible? He appears. I mean, there's so few people in the Old Testament that God appears to, but he appears to an Egyptian slave. So that we know that he's a God that, that cares about, he hears the distress, and he cares, and he will come to the rescue of anyone who cries out to him. Um, she recognized that it was God who had appeared to her. And so she names him the God who sees. We see it all through. The angel of the Lord appearing to Gideon. Uh, We see him, the angel of the Lord in the fiery furnace with the three Hebrew children that Nebuchadnezzar had thrown in there. There the angel of the Lord, God himself is with them, protecting them. Um, Jesus, we just finished going through the book of John, John 1.14, the word became flesh, moved into our neighborhood. God comes near. The Holy Spirit and Jesus in the book of John are both called the paraclete, the ones who come alongside. And what is Jesus called when he's born? Emmanuel. God, God with us. We don't we don't have a God who is distant saying, oh, I, feel, I feel bad for you people. <laughs> I'll be thinking about you. But he's a God who cares and comes near. How does he do that? Just a couple of thoughts. How does he show that he cares? How does he show up? <laughs> um, some of the ways he shows up, as I was thinking about this, I thought of... Uh, kind of a a cute little illustration where there's a flood that's happened and this guy's on top on the roof of his house and uh the 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 flood waters are rising higher and higher and and uh a raft comes by somebody on the raft and they say get on the raft he says no i'm waiting for god to rescue me and then a boat comes by. Come on, get in the boat. No, I'm waiting for God to rescue me. And then a helicopter finally as the waters are just about ready to overtake the house. And he's, oh, I'm waiting for God to rescue. And as he drowns and dies, he, he says, God, where were you? <laughs> well, I came by on the raft and, and in the boat and the helicopter. How does God show up? Maybe to show that he cares. Maybe it's a friend who calls (laughs) or drops by or texts you with a word of encouragement prompted by God. Maybe it's a song you hear on the radio with just the words you needed to hear. Maybe it's a dream that God gives you or a verse that he directs you to that speaks to your heart or or a glorious sunset that reminds you that he's near, he's not distant, and that he's God and that he cares. 
when life has forgotten you, I don't know if that's where you're at now or if that's where you're going to be or feel like you are when you're overlooked, ignored, forgotten. Remember, God cares and God comes. Um, Just a couple things to conclude with. What new way of thinking, loving, and living comes from believing this? It's believing that God cares. And one of the first things the enemy is going to do when you're forgotten and ignored and overlooked is going to doubt that God cares, right? (laughs) Where is God? I want you to think of Hagar. Just think of Hagar, an Egyptian slave, and remember that God cares, and you are never alone. Uh, though everyone around you might be talking about you and have rejected you, God cares. And we're never alone. Man, this is so in conflict with with the world around us as we talk, people talk about each other and and uh, and separate from each other and, and say you got to be something in order to be cared for. It's kind of like Daniel talked about last week. It starts with behaving, right? It doesn't start with behaving. It starts with belonging, believing that God cares. Remember Psalm 27.10. Even if your father or mother forsake you, or your best friend, or all your co-workers, or your schoolmates, or it doesn't matter who, God cares. And God will take care of you. Let's pray. Father, Thank you so much just for this true story about an Egyptian slave girl whose life was like at an end. And you, you came to her, you appeared to her not only to show her but to show all of us that you are God that cares. Father, in our loneliness, in our loneliness, Father, help us to remember that in Jesus' name. Amen.